Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bro at who's number one. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in as the ongoing coronavirus uh, continues on. It carries on, but we're excited. We're very, very excited today to have special guest Marcus Bouchesha Almeida, 13-time world champion, joining us today. Thanks for calling in, brother. Also on the call, we have Ricardo Amendolia, Bear from Show Your Roll, and my co-host and friend here, Michael Sears. Bouchesha, what's going on, man? Where are you right now? I'm here in California. What's up, guys? First, thanks for the invitation. Uh, pleasure to be here with your guys in this converse, in this conversation. Uh, right now, man. I'm at home, California. Nothing else to do, so here <laughs> stuck at, inside. You were telling us um, you just came back to California. What, what was happening there? Where were you before? And uh, what what made just extra extra lame that uh, you had to come back to California? Uh, no, actually, I uh, that's that's my home. You know, that's where I live. But I was. Uh, enjoying like my my vacation let's say like that in brazil so and unfortunately i had to start training hard again to compete and no unfortunately i mean it was time to train hard to compete to train for the awards and this is just started going on and i was without knowing what to do but they just cancel and then cancel or change the date so it's what? getting crazy huh what was your reaction? Because obviously you would have been going for a 14th and 15th world title at uh, Worlds this year. What was your reaction when you saw that it was uh, canceled? Uh, it just got canceled yesterday, right? But we knew like yeah. before that should be canceled or postponed, something like that. But my reaction, I think, was the right thing to do because we never – we never had something there in the history, so nobody knows what's really gonna happen, how long we're really gonna take to everything go back to go back to normal. And before any competition or any tournament, we gotta think about like to solve that problem, right? The whole world, not just think about ourselves. So just trying to do everything that I can to make it get back to normal as fast as, as possible. If if they were going to do a Worlds in, say, like July or August or something, would you want to do that Worlds or would you just wait until the next one? What do you think you would you would do in that situation if they were going to move it back to a later date? I don't really know, you know, like uh, it's it's hard to say because right now it's not something that, okay, going to happen in June, it's going to happen in July, August, or December. So, you know, we, I can't – it's – it's easier when we have like a schedule like I know when's gonna be the words every May, June. So it's easy to plan my whole year, my life 
but like that not just me but i think everybody's is lost not just the fighters but business owners and the whole world all the business are like breaking down the small ones so it's not something so simple like oh no i'll fight or i'm not so i really worry about like my family in brazil and worry about everything so it's hard to say i don't know how it's gonna be ahead so i it's something hard to answer right now fair enough you've got an interesting relationship with bear you know uh you guys just you just got sponsored by show a couple years ago right it hasn't been too long how long have you guys known each other bear uh you better go that one we know each other for a long time but i let him talk first about that uh bushesha well we know uh shit i've been following bushesha since he's been like a purple belt smashing like everybody and then you know of course he's like we were training at the same big like team so we would always see each other at team trainings and stuff like that when i would kind of pop in to see who's the next kid from brazil that's gonna smash at the world championship so I, we know she's i know Bichesha like a long long time before we even had like we've had like a friendship before we've ever had like a sponsorship we were just fans of him as like this like young kid athlete that was like going through divisions. And then I think every year, every year at purple belt, brown belt, we're like, Hey, Bushesha, one day, one day. But of uh, course, like we wanted to true. give him like one gi as a sponsorship. And he's like, ah, I need like 50 gis. I'm like, ah, like <laughs> so-and-so is giving me 50 gis a month. And so I was like, ah, we can only afford to give you like one gi per month. We're a small company. And so I was like, oh, one day, maybe we'll be able to like get you, you know, it's like, yeah, one day we're still friends, you know? And then, uh, <laughs> long story short, long story short, he's like, uh, you know, I was like, it, it came along and then we were able to like, uh, put together, uh, uh, put together something. And we finally able to like work together. I don't even know. It's like four years, five years, us and Ruka got together and you said, Hey, let's, let's talk with Bushesha seriously and let's get him behind both brands. And, uh, it makes sense. And, you know, we, we, we all believe in the same thing. We all have the same vision. I think it was like it was just kind of like a really really good match. We we wanted it to happen a lot a lot sooner, but you know, um, but, but it happened and now it's it's been great. So we're just stoked. All right, so uh, yeah, R- Ricardo, you got anything to you add? You guys here? don't believe you guys don't believe in that part about the fifty gears, right? Yeah, <laughs> you guys don't believe that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, serious. Uh, these don't let these guys fool you. They've been hanging out while. While Bushesha was sponsored by other brands, he was hanging out at the Shoyro headquarters asking Bear for advice on different branding and stuff like that. Everyone goes to Bear to get the inside scoop. Exactly, Bear is the man. You know what I mean? That's it. That's it. You know, well, you know, hey, let's hey, not give hey, him hey. too much credit, Bushesha. He's, hey, any, he's still any, any athletes that are out there, even if you're not a part of the Shoyro team, if you need to work a better deal with your sponsorship, Shoryo's always giving free consulting advice, you know, that's just that's what it is. That's true, that's true. Maybe yeah, we end up I on board, me, who knows? I, I know for me personally, like, you know, Bushesha, I met him back in 2010 in Abu Dhabi. Remember that? And uh, I first got introduced to him by Jake McKenzie. I think we went to go eat at like Kentucky Fried Chicken or something just because there was like nothing around. And uh, he was like, yeah, come my, my buddy Marcus, come and, come and eat with us. I was like, I don't know this guy, but sure. And then the next year I saw him at Blackbutt. I was like, oh, shit, this guy's good. You know what I mean? So it, I've known a, 
I've known about Super Mario Bouchasha for quite some time as well. Maybe not as close as Bear, but uh, he's been on my radar too. It's been a long journey, huh? like over 10 years. We're getting old. Yeah. That sounds old. Man, no, I, think, uh, I think the funny thing is, the, the funny thing is like I, what I think most people don't understand, right? Like in this whole game and in this whole world of sports jiu-jitsu, it's like, I don't know, we've been watching it for probably roughly like 20 years hardcore, like as geeks and like, you know, sponsorships, athletes, friendships, relationships, what you're, what you're getting, what you're not getting. It's changed a lot, like compared to even what it was five years ago, you know, and it's really, really hard for athletes to get like, you know, one to get whatever the, whatever they think they're they deserve in, in this sport for what they do but then also um what the sport does and how it evolves and changes over time uh that's every three months you know so um a lot of the times people athletes are li listening to their their coach their friend their advisor whoever that is but in all honesty like i think and bushesha can probably like uh, share more of this because he's learned a lot probably in the last five years as a compared to like when he didn't have like these all this all this um this network of people that he he he, he counts on and it's just like um i think really it's just trying to like find good people to give you good advice in this like sport whether you're with one team or another team just to try and our team or somebody just to give you like good 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 advice as opposed to yeah just take this take that take this take that like everyone's giving you advice but you're not sure on what the what the right advice is at that time and I think Bushesh has always done a good job, you know, five years, ten years ago on just like really trying to figure out how he's going to plan his the future of his of his career, you know, being an athlete. So, Bushesh, we just had a, a crew come down and film you in Brazil. We're, we're kind of maybe I'm spilling the beans in this a little bit, but we're working on a big project with you, uh, a long form film. What was that like? You know, uh, what did you show the guys when they came down to visit you? Oh yeah, that was that was a good good thing that happens, you know, like doing something about. I never had something so deep about myself, about my childhood, about my city, my beginning, and I think it's been really nice. So I took them to to everywhere pretty much that I did during my whole life in Brazil. So where I trained the pers the persons that I was uh, had like big. In, influence about my jiu-jitsu career and my life as well and the best spots in brazil so a little bit of everything and it, it was really good so I, I, even me i'm really excited to see the whole thing done really soon so can't wait for that you, you mentioned uh your your biggest influences in your jiu-jitsu career i think an obvious one would be uh leo well uh, maybe describe a little bit like what it's like uh having leo as a head coach and how he's influenced you so far in your career yeah no for sure i think uh i got the black belt in 2010 right yeah. uh, but i've been working with leo almost my the whole time that I had the black belt so it's the one that I'm working together with the most time and Leo man is like who knows Leo in person knows what I'm talking about he's like he's like a special person and he's a great mentor for not only me but for the whole checkmate crew everybody takes his his advices and he's a person that it's really good to have him uh, around, 
Yeah, he helps not just on the match but off off the match too, and he's really wise with his thoughts and his wins. So it's unbelievable, and of course on the mat, man, it's it's every day. It's a learning and learning with him, and everybody feels like stupid because oh, oh my god, how come I never thought about that? And <laughs> he showed like so simple. And that's how I feel every day training with him. So, be right next to him is the great thing. And he always left because every time after the words, I look at him before hugging him. After the final match, I, Leo, I'm done. That's the last one. Then he start laughing. <laughs> Then he say, "You say that every year." So we have like a lot of like stories together. So it's always funny to be around with him too, in all good ways. Yeah. Do, do you think uh, that his style, his jiu-jitsu style, has sort of influenced you? Because, like, for instance, he's a, he's a smaller guy. He competed, like, lightweight and 66 kilograms at ADCC. You're a bigger guy, but I consider you, out of the ultra heavyweights, to be somebody who sort of, uh, not saying this in a bad way, but sort of has, like, a small guy's game, like, really technical, good guard. You're not just, like, somebody who has to get the takedown and get on top. You can play good jiu-jitsu almost like a featherweight, but you're just a bigger person. Do you think having a smaller coach has influenced you in that way? <laughs> Uh, I think uh, not just like uh, not specifically about the game, but one thing that Leo always tell tell everybody is you're never gonna be remembered by the titles that you win, but the way that you fight. So be exciting, like be an exciting fighter. Like don't be a boring fighter because titles people okay gonna remember one year, two years, then you're gonna be forgetting. Like look how people talk still talking about him. Not just because of the titles that he got, of course it is too, but by the way that you fight, that's how you're gonna be remembered. So that's something that he always told all of us, and I think it's true, and that's how I think. That's why my mentality when I go is to kill or die. I don't really go gonna wanna go there and do like a boring match. Like 90% of the fights nowadays, Jiu-Jitsu is so boring because of that. People just wanna win and forget about being put like a great show and give that to the public as to to the expectors so that's how i think that's how he influenced me about the way that i fight man one of the uh this is kind of a, a small personal story but a long time ago leo vieira did a a seminar at studio 540 a, a free seminar and i was at that i think it's 2014 2015 maybe as a blue belt but you were also there Bushesha, and i was blown away because I, i don't even remember what was being shown But you were drilling the move, and Leo was, like, working through it with you. You were doing some corrections. You were asking him questions. I thought, man, this guy's, like, one of the best of all time, and he's still looking to his coach. I just thought that was, like, one of the coolest moments to, to see that happening right there on the mat next to me. Um, he just seemed like he was a wizard. I don't know. He just had so much knowledge to give. It was really cool for me. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I, I still remember about the positions that he was teaching at the seminar. Really? And I was uh, me, him, and Bernardo, and... And every time that we had opportunity to train with him to do like a seminar, we go and it, it, it's always something that that helps us, you know. And it's still every day I feel like exactly like that class because like right now we don't do competition class. Like people say, oh, what time is the competition class? That is no competition class. We just go at 10.30, Leo's class, you know. That's how we train for the words. That is no like, 
you know, specific training for all the black belts. No, we just go there, everybody together, white belts, blue belts, black belts, and that's how we do. We learn, do the traditional class, front rows, back rows, and that's it, you know, no like specific thing and think that's why we're still doing good and that's no stressful you know what i mean so we just go there and learn every day and still doing it uh checkmat has a great uh next generation coming up uh some some good color belts and, and young black belts one of them that i'd really like to hear your opinion on is uh mateus mateus obviously had a unbelievable first year at black belt uh i mean one by submission in the world's final uh what's what's mateus like like as a competitor what do you think makes him so special Man, uh, it's hard to say about that kid because once I trained with him for the first time, I knew he was like something special. I don't remember what belt he was, like brown belt. Uh, but as soon as I trained with him, I never felt like a, a kid with his weight so powerful. I remember like he almost breaking my knee with the Lila Riva because of like so much strength and pressure on the legs. And being honest, like, if I don't go hard with him, it's hard to beat him on training, you know what I mean? So I have really good, like, 100% because the kid is really good. Man, and because he's, like, so focused and when he's thinking about to compete, I think he puts 100% of his energy and his time, everything, on his, on his focus and he make it happen, you know? I mean, when he was training to fight the words, I remember one... Uh, one crew went there to like do an interview with me and when they were done they were leaving i said hey uh do an interview with the kid i said oh why because he's gonna be the world champion ah how you know i said i know for sure 100 percent." then the person did the interview because i i made them do it but <laughs> after they they came to me i said oh you were right i said i knew it because you can tell when like somebody really gonna win and not by the way that he trains by the way that he is by the way that he looked by the way that he is in the tournament so i knew since like a long time before the tournament that he would be a world champion the kid deserves and he's just beginning is is there anybody else like maybe not on checkmate any other up and coming like young new black belts anybody that really uh impresses you out there that you've uh you've seen somebody who's maybe got their black belt in the last couple of years so you're like oh this this guy's gonna be really special Anybody stands out? Man, I always say, people ask me a lot about that, who's going to be the future. Uh, but, like, two kids that I always say that back in the day, since when they were purple belts, I was saying that, is Roberto Jimenez and Jansen Gomes from Jansen Gomes from Checkmate and Roberto is from Alliance. Yeah, That's the two kids that I always think that is going to be the future of the sport. Like, yeah, Roberto. You gotta ask me one. Huh? Oh, I was gonna say Roberto is gonna love to hear that because he was on here the other day talking about how you're like his hero and all this. But uh, <laughs> Jansen, Jansen's no, somebody. No. Jansen's really a really special athlete. Uh, talk about Jansen a little bit. Man, uh, Jansen, it's the closest one that I saw rolling and have like Leo's game because he trains so much with Leo, and if you're watching him rolling, like it's kind of like a new Leo Vieira style rolling because he's like so calm and i uh, when i roll with him it's he f feels like he's not even trying because he's like so relaxed so loose and thinks so fast and the kid's something special for sure and his results is 
talking about itself because yeah. like he's winning pretty much everything. He just won the world champion last year, right? So now he got a new belt. So the kid is special for sure. Yeah, anybody out there, if you don't follow the color belts, uh, check out Jansen Gomez, the guy Buchet just talked about. Like like you said, he's very loose, very exciting. He's uh, he, he's definitely not somebody who's fighting for points. He's just always going for the finish, always pushing things forward. He's very, very exciting to watch. Ricardo, you've been pretty silent up there. you have anything to add? Any questions? No, you know, you talk about Roberto and Jansen. Stylistically, they're very similar to Buchecha, you know, and I think that that's one of the reasons why people enjoy watching Buchecha compete. It's because – like he said, you know, he goes for he goes for the kill. He goes there, and um, it's still nice to see that in the sport in a time where people, you know, tangle up lapels and make this boring as shit match. And you know, that's that's not what's going to bring this sport to the next level. People want to see excitement, you know, and they don't want to see two guys just playing with collars or like double guard pulled and like looking at the you know looking at the time and like looking yeah. at like it's that's not what you know, and it's. I don't want to be one of these old guys that say like, oh, back in the day, it wasn't like, but at the end of the day, like got to do something. So I think at the end of the day, like we could change the rules. The athletes are always going to play into the rules, but I think the athletes need to kind of go there with that attitude to kill, you know? So it's, it's nice to see that guys like, like Bushesha are inspiring the younger generation now to go there with that attitude. So it's a pretty cool thing. And that, that leads into the next thing I wanted to ask him, because he, he mentioned earlier that some people are making side fights less exciting. Obviously, people are going to game the system and try to play to win. Not everybody's going to have that mindset. What are ways uh, – this is something we talk about a lot, uh, Bochecha. What, what ways do you think they could sort of tweak the rules to force people to be more exciting, do you think? Man, uh, IBJJF is doing a great job because, the, of course, they want to get rid of that, of the boring fights. And, but people like – like Ricardo just said, they're going to find a way to play with the rules. So it's it's sad because it's not just about the rules. People are going to find a way to make that happen. So we got to keep changing and changing. But it's something that is you got to be from the fighter, you know. But people just go there and they, they want to win no matter what and do like a lot of boring fights. And because the rules give him give them the this option so i think we gotta play uh pay attention more in the rules maybe change a little bit um maybe i don't know try to like reduce the time we have like to try new things because the way that it is man being honest when i'm the uh, the word sunday i can't even watch because it's so boring you i'm back there warming up and looking at the fights and you can't it's it, it, it is true. It's the watch. truth. Imagine it sucks. It's so my... boring. Ten minutes is the most boring shit to watch ever in jujitsu. And someone that tells you not, they're fucking lying. It's bullshit. That's exactly. the truth. You people want to excited fights, but you want to see like a good fight, like explosion. It's not gonna be ten minutes. People are gonna save it for the last two minutes, three minutes. So ten minutes, it's a long time, but. Imagine if you would have to watch that on TV, 10 minutes of the boring fight. It's not going to happen. I wouldn't. I, I don't watch. I don't remember last time that I put in YouTube and I watch a 10 minutes fight. Like, it's true. You know? Even my fights, I can watch, like, sometimes because it's boring. So, I don't know. Is there anything? Do you like the six minutes? But that's a great point. 
that's 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 coming from like that's coming from a fan. Bouchard yeah. is giving it to you from as a from a fan's perspective. That's exactly, I'm not talking about a, sport, as a fighter, right? But then exactly. if you flip it, about if, you flip, fighter, if, you, if, you, if you flip it and you ask the same questions to Bouchesha as an athlete, if you have 10 fights that you have to fight or three fights that you have to fight, like you have to be smart with it, right? So athletes play the rules, right? So it's Absolutely. like if you have to fight 90 minutes, you're probably only going to fight yeah. like two minutes of the fight. So until the rules change or the time changes from 10 minutes to let's say eight or six minutes, the athletes are just going to play within that. So it's like, it's, it's a hard position for athletes to play in. You know? Shout out to Jackson yeah. Souza. Jackson's in the comments right now. Your teammate from Checkmate, Jackson Souza's in there commenting. Direção! Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Buchacha, is there any positions that you feel people uh, take advantage of to sort of stall things out? Like, do you think there's too much 50-50, too much lapel, anything like that? That's... Man, 50-50, lapel. Lapel, I think, is, getting, uh, is the worst nowadays because people really use that. And a lot of people talk about lapel and talk about 50-50. Then people is doing 50-50 with lapel. So yeah, like, that's the worst. <laughs> where are we going? Like, yeah. But what's the point? It's not for submission. It's not for sweep. It's just for stall the fight. And it's like clearly everybody can see that, but like the rules don't change. So allow people to do that. And like we're talking about 10 minutes is being a long time. So imagine like the ADCC final, 30 minutes of nothing. So what's the most like boring fight that I had had in my life? 30 minutes of nothing. Why? Because like people saving energy for the last minute. So I think make no sense long fights, like long time, because Jiu-Jitsu is not about that. That's my opinion about We've talked a lot about, you know, hey, some of the you don't like about. Uh, Hold on. Bear, what do you, you got to say? No, same thing. Like, and there's there's tweaks in this, but very simple. We've talked. Me and Bouchesh have talked about this before, right? Six minutes. Let the guys go. Let them go crazy. You know, now they can go a little bit crazier and try and like use stuff. And then at the same time, you take away something that's so subjective. If you if you do if you have points for side mount 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 simple, like the lapel thing goes away. Like you could play with the lapel. Yeah, you can jump something. Like... You can get back on top until you get on the side mount. That lapel thing meant nothing, you know. So it's like that's just one rule thing. I'm just saying at the bare minimum, make fight six minutes so we don't all like have to fast forward through all of our friends' matches, you know. Like you can keep the rules the same. Just exactly. make it six minutes. It's just like the boring. It's so boring, dude. Like the, the fact that all of us pretend like we could watch ten fights at like eight minutes or ten minutes. Like jujitsu is so boring, dude. Like, and I'm the biggest fan in the world. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, me too. I'm talking about. I'm here talking about it as a fan, like. <laughs> and I remember back in the day, like 2012, 2013, World Pro was six minutes and paying a good money. If you hold the position for 10 seconds, the referee was giving you a penalty. Like, it was like no joke. And it wasn't like, oh, if you move one hand, they like reset. No. It's like foul penalty and they force you to fight for real. I remember a couple of years there, if you hold like the fight for a couple of seconds, you're getting a penalty or you're getting like something. And was like exciting. I remember some years were really excited, but then changing referees, then got boring again. So it's hard. But I remember, I think three, two or three years was like great because like was like right before the right before the wars, six minutes. Imagine if you wanna like pull guard the guy, sweep your leg and start with two points. You have nine. Like when that happens in the wars, I look at the clock. The guy like could be on the mountain me. 
I said, man, that is like nine minutes and a half. So there is like plenty of time. I can do like the guy can be mounted here for five minutes. I still have time to get out and try to do something. That's how I think when I'm fighting. But six minutes, if the guy get two points, then you gotta yeah, watch out fine. because when you blink, it's like no time to go go after the the result. So ten minutes is too long. It's boring. Like when people invite me to call, like oh, you wanna do like a no no time limit match? I said for what? For be like two hours, both guys holding each other. When somebody gets tired, oh you my god, you got it. So bad. Never you're yeah, gonna so see no, no time limits fight. Not a fan of the no because time because of so that. Bad. We talked a lot about things uh, that we don't like uh, about current competition yeah. formats, but Bushesha, who are some fighters that you really admire? I think I know a couple names that that come to my to mind here, but some guys that you like to watch fight, you know, who who bring the energy that you admire. Uh, who are some people that you enjoy? Man, like of course, uh, I like to to watch my friends. You know, a lot of guys from Czech because I train with them, so I know how how hard they they train and how exciting they. How hard it is to me to train with them, like uh, like Panza, Jack, uh, Adam, and like Finfo, all these guys that I train with from Checkmat, I like to watch when competing. And of course, with uh, from all my team, I like, I think uh, the one that I like to watch the most is Leandro Lowe, uh Preguiça. Uh, one of my favorites of all time to watch is like Rodolfo Vieira when he's fighting. And uh, Lucas Lepre. So that is like, of course, Mofacini. That is like a lot of guys that I really, really like to watch. I think that's the ones that I like. To, the ones that I just said is the ones that I like the most. You mentioned uh, Leandro and Pergisa. Something that really interests me is how the three of you guys uh, get together and do training camps and stuff, and you're from different teams. How did you guys end up becoming friends and starting to, to meet up and train with each other? Because you're all from di- like different cities and everything, but you, how'd that come about? Uh, we know each other since a long time ago, and we fought against each other like a lot of times. And uh, Actually, Leandro was like... Uh, closer to Preguisa and that's how I end up uh, we end up like getting really close and to get together and train I think was last year because we we supposed to uh, we fought the same uh, the same event in Brazil it was the BJJ stars at the time and everybody we we were not fighting against each other so why not to train together and get ready so I think it was a, a good training camp for for everyone we trained together and it was really good so it was a really good experience and but before training together we were friends and we hanging out for a long time but we decided to train just like last year for real to to do like a camp together and it was really good we did in, in Preguisa Preguisa hometown but with Leandro, I do more often because we live in the same state. So from Sao Paulo to Santos is like one hour drive. So it's much easier. Preguiça, we have to, to catch an airplane and it's a little bit more difficult. Yeah, obviously you're great fa- uh, friends, but you guys have uh, fought each other in some big matches over the years. Uh, what's it like uh, competing against Leandro? Like, What's it feel like when you're out there competing against him? Yeah, a lot of people ask me that in seminars. So, oh, how is to fight your friend? 
So that my my the way that I think it is, like me and Leandro, we all we always in opposite side of the brackets, right? Me and Leandro or Panza or uh, all the guys that are my friends, and we, when we are in the same bracket, so. What's the right thing to do when I'm the same final and Leandro is the same final? Of course, I want to win, but I'm going to look at him and I, I wish my friend to lose because we don't have to fight each other. So I don't have to do that. So we don't have to fight against each other. Of course not. So when he's fighting, I want my friend to, to, to do his best. And of course, in getting the final and when I, me and him get in the final. So that's the best thing. It's a win-win situation. Of course, if I beat him, I am a world champion and I beat my friend, the guy that I admire, the guy that's my friend, the guy that really know he deserves to be in the spot. And if I lose, I lose to a guy that for the same reasons that I would be happy when I win, I lose to the guy. So no matter what, we're going to celebrate together the same way. You know, what I mean? of course, if I win, I'll, I'll be happy. And if I lose, of course, that's somebody that deserves the spot. That's somebody that can carry the responsibility to be a, a champion because that's bring a lot of uh, responsibilities when you were world champion. So I know that's the guy that deserves to be there. So that's how I think. Instead of the guy that, you know, think that's the trash talking, the, the guy that thinks that being like a, you know, uh, let's find a good term to say here but you know what i mean the guy that don't deserves to be the spot so i rather always to fight my friends in the final because of that than to fight somebody else that don't really deserve to be there yeah but like uh like leandro as a competitor like are you when you're going up against him is it just like is it i mean he's got a uh basically impassable guard he's got a really good guard he's got a relentless guard passing how does it feel like uh competing against him like compared to other people is it, is it just really tough or what Man, uh, of course, when we fight, it's never the way that is in the training because when we train, it's even worse. I remember a lot of people, oh, okay, can we go there to, f <laughs> to film you guys training? Yeah, after the training, the guy's like, oh my God, what are you guys doing? You guys going to kill each other? You guys going to get hurt? <laughs> the competition is like in two weeks. And then we say like, no, that's how, we, that's how we train. So when we go to the competition, it's not worse than like, he, he, I got hurt a couple times training with him. He got hurt a couple times training. Uh, against each other so it's something that we used to so but we just fight in front of everyone but we fight like that every day during the training when we train together you know what i mean so but of course because we train so much i know how hard it is to train with him and to fight against him so in my opinion that's the hardest fight that i had it's in in a long time like that's of course was rodolfo and now when i find rodolfo is the hardest fight that i have for sure 100 percent. that uh leads perfectly into uh, another question i wanted to ask you what was it like uh competing against rodolfo rodolfo vieira i mean obviously one of your biggest rivals in your career and had some great matches with him no for sure was the biggest rival and <laughs> it was like something hard Rodolfo is for sure one of the guys that made me to be uh, where I am now because that's the guy that I used to dream with, uh, dream with. You know, every time I was training, I was thinking about him. A lot of times when I was kind of overtraining and people say, let's go train Friday, like, oh, I can't move. Then I open like 
the internet and see like an interview of him saying that he will be a world champion. I said, oh my God, no, I got to go training. And that was like a, a, during a lot of years like that. And I remember I'm, I'm on the, every time in the words, I'm on the left side and he was in the right corner before ending the match, before of the final match. And the whole the whole place yelling and I'm looking at him and he was like terrified just like me and that was something that I remember before every fight because we fought most times the final of the whooping weight. So it's something that was people never gonna know what kind of pressure is that and we passing through that a lot of years and I, we shared this moment together. So it's something that it's impossible to forget. So it was like a good time of my career to share these moments with him and to fight under that pressure. People nowadays like talking like stuff in Instagram, talk uh, bad stuff in Instagram, think that it's about pressure. <laughs> They don't know what's pressure, you know, so I just laugh. <laughs> yeah, Bernard, Bernardo told me in an interview one time that uh, Hadolfo's pressure literally made him feel like it was going to break his neck one time. He's, he said, oh, yeah. He said, we, we, are, we are friends and we teach a lot of seminars together. And, man, sometimes, like, yeah, we should come here. Let me show a move. Like, like no, no, no. I don't want to. Because, like, <laughs> he's showing the move with the shoulder pressure is something that's, like, just explain the position feels like he want to, like, pop your head out and it's unbelievable so he still got it the pressure so, so, so when, he, when i'm watching him in ufc and he takes the guy down and dubs on bottom that's done it's literally done because he's not gonna lose the position just like he did in the last fight what when you would uh, go to fight uh Hidolfo, would would there be anything about your game plan that you're like man i cannot let Hidolfo get to a certain position or something or i can't let him what, what would your game plan be against him Man, like, uh, of course, I knew he couldn't get the, the half guard. It's like, I, I remember one time interview a uh, long time ago, I, I told like people who plays a half guard, never going to beat Rodolfo. Then a lot of guys get mad because, hey, how come you talk about that? You play half guard. I said, yeah, that's why I changed my whole game. After 2011, I stopped playing half guard. And I started playing like upside down guard. And I started working like like in different guard kind of stuff because half guard is something that it's impossible to beat him with. And that's why I changed my game. So I knew he couldn't get the half guard and couldn't get like good grips when he's standing. Of course, I always try to avoid that, but I knew sooner or later he would get in the fight. So I was ready to escape. I was training a lot of specific training to escape a half guard in the worst position when he was like, with underhook, with the head control. So I had to train that a lot. And of course, I trained like in my stand-up game because I knew he was like, he was much better than me. So I had to train both situations that wasn't my my best. And that's why I said like, he, he made me change my game. He made me go out of my comfort zone. And that's why my game got so much better. You mentioned uh, you you were watching Rodolfo in the UFC. He's undefeated right now uh, with, with an amazing streak going. How important is it to have jiu-jitsu representatives winning it in MMA? There's a lot less guys going that route now. There's more money in professional jiu-jitsu. But it still always makes me very proud to see someone doing jiu-jitsu at the highest level in the UFC. Uh, is that still very important as a martial artist to, to represent in the UFC? Or are the two paths different now? 
Uh, I think it's uh, it's not just about money that he's doing that. He has the dream, and he he has more just uh, he's a real fighter. That's how I see him, and that's how I see myself too. Uh, I fight with the gi, I fight with no gi, and I want to fight MMA too to test myself. That's a real fighter is. You don't put like, oh no, I'm, I'm I just want to play my game. I just want to play with the gi because I'm good at it, or no gi. So you never leave your comfort zone. So how can how come you can call a, a fighter? So you're not a fighter. First of all, you are a grappler. If you're a fighter, you go there and fight. Like, you know what I mean? So that's how I see. Rodolfo does that. So he did everything, and he's testing he's testing himself not just because of money. It's something bigger than that. He want to test himself as a fighter. So that's how I see that. And of course, there is more money. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu is. Of course, it's like much better now. It's still get money, but I think in the end of the day, UFC. If you go, if you go all the way, if you like make a good, good record, if you can make it, of course you're gonna make a good money too. So I don't know his reasons, but that's how I see. That's how I think he, why he fights. It's not just about the money. You gotta fight for the right reasons. That's how I see. That's. That's how I do in my career. I just fight. When I fight nowadays, I fight for the right reasons. You gotta find the right reason. Doesn't matter what you do, not just fighting, but in your life, if you're doing for the wrong reasons, you know you're not gonna be successful. That's how I see. It. Guys, I got uh, two questions that I want to throw at Bushesha here. Um, number one, when you were like coming up, like you know, blue to purple belt, who is who would you? kind of say that you were inspired by or you know was there somebody's game that you tried to model your game after or you know i know you and i mentioned uh about margarita was there anyone else from kind of the older generation that you really looked at and you know kind of inspired you as a competitor i mean i think the guys that i watched the most was jacaré because of the explosion and like the marcelo garcia leozinho uh roger Jaca, uh, Shandy, I think that was like Margarida when I really started start training. So I think that was like the biggest uh, influences influences uh, that I had in my game. I think this pretty much was the the names. Was there anyone that you kind of like, you know, studied their game and you know kind of modeled your game after, or or are you do you feel like your game is kind of unique to you? Of course, I try to. I never really try to copy somebody's game, but I try to get like a little bit of everything. So I never really. Oh no, I want to have my game exactly like his game. So that's why people said, "Okay, what what's Bushesha games like?" I, I don't know because I do a little bit of everything. And I think that's how you gotta really be like ready for any situation. And but I remember back in the day, I used to play a lot of uh, half guard and ex guard. So a lot of my game. And was like Marcelo Garcia. Still nowadays, a lot of positions that I do based on his his moves and Jacare because like the explosion and the the speed. I think most uh, the most important was like these two. And um, you know, you talked about some. You know, the guys are asking you about some of the toughest matches you've had. What do you think would be like your most satisfying? you know, the match that you won that was the most satisfying for you or the title that you won? Because, I mean, we've seen you go, you know, against friends, against 
rivals. We've seen you, you know, so many different guys over the years, so many different titles. You know, what kind of what title or what fight kind of stood out for you the most? And you know, when you look at when you look back at it, it kind of gets you emotional or anything like that. What would you say was like your biggest match or title that you won? Man, one hundred percent was me and Rodolfo in two thousand twelve. That was like a life changer for me. That fight changed my life and changed my career because I think after I win that, everything changed. And for sure, one hundred percent was that fight. I think was the biggest, the best fight that I ever had. Not just because I win, but but it was a really good fight for real. Like we both fighting to kill each other, and that was like a real jujitsu. Now was noise stalling one minute. I think was eight seven. Really tough guys fighting to see eight seven nowadays in the scoreboard. It's something that you don't see, and that's and of course after that, my my career changed. So 100%, that's the fight. Bear, you want to add anything? You got any questions over there? Come on, Bear. You're not talking about anything. Come on, Bear. You're being too nice. <laughs> no, man. We're on, ca- we're on camera guy? now. We can't. We're on. We're on camera now. We can't. We can't. We can't say all the stuff we say. No, in the it sounds a bit different about, now that the camera's the rolling. There, Bear. Sport in the industry. No, just something yeah. hard. <laughs> just something hard. You forgot, you forgot to. You you forgot to ask the. You forgot to ask the flow grappling guys. How come you've never been invited and this is your first time? Oh, to one? putting us on the spot. Oh yeah, yeah. That's something that we spoke. Who is no, What's the name of the show, guys? Uh, we're calling this <laughs> who's, who's number one. <laughs> oh, okay. I think maybe when the like. When they change their name, they invite. I don't know who's the number one. Maybe maybe, maybe one day, maybe one day, Bushesha, you'll maybe be one day. When they think about number that, one, you know. Uh, yeah, I think you might have like, to go win like a Long Beach Open or something, and then you can, you know, you might have to. Yeah, be, yeah. Like, I you think, might have to be a, right, a top yeah. ranked brown belt that that's very <laughs> active at all the Long Beach Opens and Nashville Opens, and maybe maybe they'll consider you as a I'll, number I'll, one athlete in the I'll sport, a, you know. I'll, so, or I'm by not, the way, guys, by the way, that's my boss. Yes, <laughs> there you be, go, boss. I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't have thought you would have even wanted to come on. I, I, I was surprised when when I heard that you wanted to come on. I, I wouldn't have even thought you wanted to do it. Uh, a a no, couple. I, I never got invited. Hold on, <laughs> so I have to invite myself. <laughs> hey, because you're not top five ranking, Bushesha. You yeah, just fight at world championship. You know, like that's uh, I was in like number. I was like low in it. the rank. Is that right? <laughs> if LeBron, if LeBron, if LeBron James is playing with college ball players, how's he going to be ranked top? You know, like yeah. he, he can't just come out for the championship <laughs> NBA finals and get like an MVP every year. Like that's unfair. So. so uh, 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 we've had That's a lot it. of fan. We've had a lot of fan questions for you here in the comments. Uh, one of them that popped up a couple times is people are wondering: Are you gonna uh, go after ADCC twenty twenty one, the next ADCC? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, be honest, uh, ADCC was something that the open weight everybody knows that I don't have this title, but. I disagree with a lot of things uh, in the last one, so I, I don't know. Um, something that I don't really think about now, but yeah, it's a long, long, long way some... away. Huh? It's a long time from now. You're right. Yeah. yeah, it's not about the time, but it's more about the last uh, edition. So I didn't agree with a lot of things, but so I don't know. Uh, but I think sim- I think that I think I I, I think that in- enters us into like a good point as well, guys. Like just on the sport and like culture as far as like titles and everything. And I think I talk with multiple athletes that have won multiple ADCCs, multiple world championships. At this point, it becomes like 
like what's another title or like what's important for like the fans like for Boucher to win another world title for so-and-so to win another like ADCC championship at this point we're at a point in our sport where it's like if it's not an interesting fight if it's another 30-minute wrestling match at ADCC or if it's like another 10-minute world championship finals to watch Boucher win another gold medal like it starts to become repetitive and like as like people that can kind of have a voice in the sport and the culture, which Bushesha, of course, is one. Flow Grappling is one, and you know, I, I would like to say that other big brands have like some some say in the sport. It's our, it's basically, it's basically up to us to try and help push the the sport and the culture forward. And if we're pretending like it's it's like fun and interesting to watch the same shit over and over, it's like we're not doing we're doing a disservice, you know. So. Yeah, I don't know. I thought the last ADCC was pretty exciting. There's, yeah, there's a couple instances, but yeah, I don't know. I think the dude, fans it was are... so boring. Like, come on, dude. Like, one come fight on, was man. good. It was... Shit, you watch. What like, do you think? You watch like. Tell me the. You watch like. Tell me the truth. Twenty fights is the most boring shit ever. Like wrestling for like fifteen minutes, like poor wrestling, and like sometimes good leg lock entries. There was like five, maybe two minutes of like a fifteen minute fight that was good, and maybe some fights that were great. I I agree, Mike. Some fights, but eighty percent of them were yeah. the boring yeah. shit ever. Bear's hating on the wrestling because he doesn't do takedowns. He pulls guard. But I'm all honest. We just, just want to see. Come on, Boo. Come on, Bear. Come no, on, but Come son. on, guys. Come on, guys. Tell, tell the truth now. What do you guys think about the final, the open weight final? With you and Gordon? Yeah. That was a, that was a, that was a long match, I have to say. That was one thing I, I kept no, looking no, at the No, no, no. I mean, not about the time. What do you think about the fight? <laughs> it's not the first procession match I'd rewatch. I'll, I'll put it like that. It's not the one I'm... <laughs> <laughs> what, but no, but no, just, guys, if 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 you weren't pleased if you weren't pleased with the match, what do, what do you think uh, led for it to be that way? What do you think uh, could have been different for it to to be different in in your opinion? Man, uh, first of all, I think it was the most boring fight that I ever had. Uh, this one with Nogi and the one that I lost, of course, uh, but it's not because of that. But the one that I had against João Gabriel in two thousand seventeen or eighteen, eighteen. The final, the worst final, I, I, I win, but it was the, the worst fight that I had in my career with the Gi. And, and, and that was the, like, because I think this was, I don't know, maybe the pressure, maybe I, I, I didn't want to win the title. He wants to win the title too. The open weight was like something that we both want really bad, but we knew that we, we I wouldn't submit him, he wouldn't submit me. In uh in that fight because nobody would expose too much and we would fight for forty minutes that's what was supposed to be and but like I got a penalty from nowhere and they just shortened the fight I think even the referees couldn't watch it so I said you know what I'll just give like a minus <laughs> one and let's 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 finish that I think that's how I see because it was so boring and that's how I see you know I, what I mean so, I think I think maybe it was just too like you said you guys were just too even of a match because if you watch all of your guys absolute matches before that they were exciting you guys ran you guys both ran through your sides of the bracket you killed everybody and then you guys got there and it was just you know two guys that were a pretty even match yeah i mean my side was worse right let's say like that let's start like that because he fought a teammate in the in the during the thing but i think that's uh one of the things that I wasn't really happy about that I was talking about but yeah, we pretty much had like a hard fight in the beginning, but the final we knew would be like that. So 
in all honesty, I think any rule set, ADCC rule set or IBJJF rule set, I would love to see all the best athletes that we're all fans of, like Bouchesha, Adolfo, Gordon, Keenan, whoever the Leandro, like you put them in a six-minute format with the same rule set and just like let them go so they don't get tired after like 10 minutes of like boring fights for 15 minutes. Like they got to fight five or six times. Yeah. They can't fight like 50 minutes. Like it's going to be boring. You know? Yeah. That's just yeah. how it is. Man, when I, shook, when I shook his hand, I knew you would be like pushing each other for 40 minutes. So... Why are you going to go crazy in the first five minutes and I don't sub me to him? Then, how? Oh, guess what? 30 more minutes, you got to do that. So, like, make no sense. Yeah. So, that's how I see it. Like, people want to see, like, a good show, but it's, man, like, it's a long tournament. You fight two fights on Saturday, six on Sunday, and people expect it to see, like, a great fight in the final. Everybody's exhausted. Like, people just... Well, of course, I want to do the necessary to win. He want to do the necessary to win, and that's how. That's why the fight was boring like that. You know, no matter how like it could be better, but I don't know. Maybe change the people. If you think about okay, you just fight in the division. It's two fights Saturday, it's two fights Sunday. Perfect. But and about the open weight, like you exhausted, like you tired, like eh, most of the guys that win the division when they go to the open weight. They don't even like go like they don't even pass for the first round because it's stressful. It's not just about the time, of course. Ah, but you train a lot. Yeah, we train. We train way more than that. But put pressure, put adrenaline, put a lot of things involved. It everything changes. So it's not just about like you go there and do like six rows or ten rows. It's <laughs> and you never know how long the fights will take. Supposed to be ten minutes, then becomes like fifty min, fifteen minutes, then sometimes twenty. So. It's hard. Is a Gordon rematch something that you would want? Like, if you could do just a super fight with them or something, would you want another shot at that, or is it not something you'd be interested in? Yeah, no, of course. Gordon, like, Gordon's a great guy. We we plan about to do the rematch, but, like, I we put, like, something that I told him, like, hey, I don't do, like, a no time limit because that's going to be, like, the rematch of the DCC for real because it's going to be, like, we push each other, waiting, like, who's going to get tired in the first hour or the second hour? Who's no? I wouldn't watch the fight personally but so like let's do something i don't mind like no uh, no points but we gotta put like time you know what i mean because at least we know for how long we we need to push so that's my my only concern when i spoke to him and i think that's something that we can it's something it's a fight that makes sense for me i would fight i would fight the that fight you know the rematch uh, but in the right terms i think would be a great fight but not the way that it was because me and he we could give like way way better fight than it was that's how i see it. not just because i i lost i'm saying that but the fight could be better if like I, i'm winning or losing but would be like a, a better fight that's is there anybody see. else uh that you would like to have a match with anyone on your anyone on and, your mind that that you'd love to to take on Man, not really. Everybody, everybody that is out there fought pretty much. So, and that's the last fight that I lose. So I think would make like if you ask me who I want to fight, that would be like makes more sense to him. But everybody else, I fought pretty much everyone. So whoever is like standing in front of me and shake my hand, <laughs> let's go. I don't mind who it is. <laughs> Fair so I, by, I from what I'm. From what I see in your career, you know, the last few years, you've pretty much 
stuck with the IBJJF major titles like Worlds um, and done ADCC. And I think one of the biggest differences, you know, would, is, would be the heel hooks. Would you be open to something like uh, a time limit of like a 10-minute match if it's one super fight? IBJJF rules, but with heel hooks. Personally, I think that that would be the best thing because that's what like Grappler's Quest used to do back in the day, made for exciting matches. It's similar to the style that you're competing in, but it also gives people freedom to... Um, you know, go for these, you know, leg locks and also create more scrambles. Do you like that rule set at all? Or do you, do you think it needs to be something yeah, no. more like, yeah. No, for sure. I don't mind about the rules, you know, just like uh, we were talking, I said, I don't mind. I fight uh, no points, submission only, any rules, any like, he hooks a lot, of course, but with time, makes sense, you know what I mean? That's how I fought to Roger first time, Metamoris, no points. But 20 minutes, submission only. So back in the day, people talk about rules. So I was doing like submission only fights years ago, back in 2012. So I don't mind to do that now. You know what I mean? And, and what happens if it goes through? What happens if it goes to a draw? Let's just say if it's a sub only, 20 minutes and it goes to, or 10 minutes and it goes to a draw. Do you prefer, like, if, if there's no submission, do you prefer a judge's decision or do you prefer a draw? It's hard to say, man. Like, if you like, you if you put a good money, if you put like uh, good money and the rules and you explain, that's not gonna be that's gonna gonna be a draw. You know, people gonna fight for real. If it all depends of the interest, you know. If like, if you put like a good pot for who wins and who gets the submission, get more money, something like that. You got exposed. When you expose, or you do it, or you made a mistake, and that's how I end up you winning or losing. That's jujitsu. But if you play safe, if you hold, if you hold, then that's gonna be draw. So you just gotta make sure that something makes the fighters a reason to fight. Otherwise, it's gonna be a draw. So then, if you say, oh, okay, ten more minutes, oh, referee's decision. So I don't know. I don't know what would be the best thing, but. Maybe draw is a draw. Like people who, go, of course, it's gonna be a draw. But people who are gonna who watch the fights gonna it's gonna Good see who was really trying to fight and who was really avoiding the fight. So it doesn't matter who who gets the arm raised in the end. The fight, everybody will see. You know what I mean? All right, Ricardo. We're an hour in. Let's go to your clips now. Yeah, Bushesha, uh, I know I mentioned to you that we wanted to go through a couple matches here and, um, you know, just get your, you know, your feedback on them. So this one, you know, was with you and Herberth. This is probably one of the best Herberth Santos we've ever seen in years, technically. And he was coming up pretty aggressive here with the takedowns. You know, he, able, he was able to kind of, you know, get you down towards the edge of the mat. You guys almost Push took out Chase right there. Right there, Chase. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I was there to make it. Yeah. There's Chase, yeah. Why, Why you didn't hold me, man? Why you didn't help me? <laughs> I tried. I tried. It was too much. Mm. Okay, and by so the way, that was out of the bounds, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No points. No points, yeah. yeah. But my point is, is, like, when I see a lot of your matches, sometimes, like, you don't, you know, like you might get scored on or something might happen, but then it's like a fire is under your ass and then you come back super hard. So at this no, point, people still... this gonna... yeah, go ahead. Sorry. 
people right. still think that making me mad is a good idea. I don't know why. <laughs> right, right here, right here, is that. Oh, you see, you see, oh, that's yeah. not good. Idea. <laughs> Every so, time like, that people make me mad in the fight, they don't get, yeah. they don't, I don't feel pressure. You know what I mean? I just, I just like it. So, Tyler, can we see well, that takedown you- again? Yeah, because like you look like you're pissed at that point. You went for like a you know no, the, the double. I, I or was, the I was for real. Yeah. So talk about and, that body lock and you tripped and you you almost mounted you for a second, then you ended up on top. Can you talk us through that a little bit? Yeah, if you see the beginning of the fight, that was something that I always complain with my teammates uh, because uh, I I I got so much speed and I got the body lock and I we were going out of the bounce. So when I see the the yellow, I had to turn and push it in the direction to the center. But my idea was to do like a perfect suplex. You know what I mean? That was <laughs> my idea. But my foot is slippery a little bit and <coughs> and I couldn't. I, I, I slip it, then <clears throat> I bring it in right on top of me. But I, I wouldn't like, of course, it stopped. So I knew I could like turn and I didn't let go the body lock. And that's how I ended up getting the 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 takedown. But I think I put so much strength to do the takedown. And I just slippery and end up on bottom. But I had time to fix it and finish on top. Right here, are you, you made me like, catch you angry. Yeah, you see yeah. I touch, but you see I'm pushing. Then I had to change direction. That's how a lot of people do that mistake nowadays. And another thing that I would add, we had a really good referee on that fight that people nowadays, they just stop. They would see, they say stop, and you can't stop. Jiu-Jitsu is boring already. If you stop every time that something is going on, we're never going to have fights. So he knew something is about, like, that was one of the best referees that I ever I ever seen. Of course, there is a lot of good ones still working, but that's a really good one. And he knew. A lot of people would say, Stop. And kill the moment of the fight. Is that Cabellino? Huh? Cabellino. The yes. Is that Cab- Cabellino? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, uh, he's but actually, you uh, see, we almost going out of the bounce. He gave mm-hmm. he gave us the 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 the, the opportunity to, to to get back to the mat. A lot of people would say stop, and that's not about that. Jiu-Jitsu, you gotta really let the fight go. It's a fight. You know what I mean? There is no cage to hold us, so we really need to to know how to deal with that a lot of times the referee need to let go a little bit the fight goes on otherwise it's gonna be stop 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 and no fight what's it like fighting Herberth? i mean he's a i mean back then he was sort of a different Herberth. What, what was it like fighting him man that's one of the most dangerous guys out there for sure he's really tough really strong and i just see sometimes he like fighting lighter guys and it's not a good idea, you know what I mean? So, like, he's some some guy that is really strong and one of the toughest guys that I ever fought. So, he's a dangerous fighter for sure. All right, looks like up next, Ricardo's got an ADCC 2017 clip. What do you got here, Ricardo? Yeah, uh, you know, you and Cyborg, of course, you guys have some history. You fought at uh, 2013, but you guys went hard on this match and you scored some really nice takedowns on Cyborg. Um, you see right there that upper body trip gets them back down. Um, take us through that a little bit. Talk about like this, the, the you know just the match with Cyborg. Maybe a little bit about your history with him and you know what it was like fighting him in this in this uh, 
in this particular event. I know when the brackets came out, you guys weren't too happy about it. I remember seeing you guys in Finland there, but uh, man, it made for an exciting exchange at the end. You guys ended up getting two takedowns. So just wanted to hear your thoughts on that uh, finals with him or that match with him. Uh, of course, uh, we couldn't complain. No, I, I mean, I didn't. I didn't complain about the fight because about the brackets because uh, he wasn't the champion. I wasn't the champion. So Orlando was the 2015 champion. So of course he had a better bracket, uh, and I knew we would have to fight like uh, before the final, and that's something that predictable already. And of course, I that's how I said about Gordon right now. That I want to fight him because I lost to him. So of course I want to fight Cyborg because that's something that uh, you want to test yourself as a fighter, not just because ah, I lost and not just about the ego. But okay, I want to try to do better. So in 2013 I lost in the final for him, but in the same day I I I, I won and I, I beat him once and he beat me once in 2013, but it was the last time there. He beat me in the most important fight, was the final of the open weight. And so I just want to test myself again. I want to see if I can beat him. So that was how my mentality on the fight. You know what I mean? That's how how I was prepared to do like a war because I knew how hard it would be to fight him again. And it was a great fight. It was like, could can be we, like... Can we go back and see that last takedown again, Tyler? Can you uh, go back like 15 seconds or so? Uh yeah, it looks similar yeah. to what you did earlier. It was like Cyborg kind of shot on you, but you didn't fully commit. And then right after you got up, bam, you kind of hit it on him. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Here, you locked up. Yeah, let me see. So, yeah, because I saw he was like, I, I was winning at the time. It was thirty seconds left, and man, like. ADCC to, oh. for you to score in thirty seconds is something impossible. So in my head was like, if he take me down, I, I will turn, I will give the back, I will defend my neck for thirty seconds, and I'm not gonna like tap. And so I was like really confident about that. And he knew, like, and he knew it's hard. Even like you know, when the, in our first fight, when I did a bad shot uh, in the in the open weight final, I did a bad shot. And he got a good takedown and up on my side. He scored four points. He knew the fight was done. So I had to expose myself and I had to try as hard as I could and I exposed myself. And he got like another pass. Then I keep fighting, keep trying, then I expose myself even more. Then he got another pass, ended up like being 10 points. So it was like a, a, the same situation. He scored first. I scored first. So. That's why he avoids so much to get the points because after you score the points, it's, it, it's really hard to go after the points in the ADCC. It's different than an IBJJF. In ADCC, to score points in a fight, it's something really hard. So after I scored the, the two points and I knew it was like one and a half minutes left, I knew I had the fight. You know what I mean? So that's why I said, you know what? I'm going to keep pushing. So I'm not going to give him space to try to find or give him more like hope for the fight you know so that's why i keep pushing to make it even harder so that's why i end up getting like a second takedown and secure even more the 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 fight you know what i mean all right so but that was a really tough fight everything yeah. 
all the points happens in the overtime. That wasn't in the <laughs> fight. The first 10 minutes was like a war. We push each other. Cyborg is a great guy and is a great fighter. It's like getting older and getting better. So it's always a, a, a war fighting against him. Uh, up next, it looks like Ricardo pulled uh, when you beat Nicholas in the in the open class. This year. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. your favorite there, Bruchesha, your favorite fighter. Oh, man. I want to talk, talk about... New generation. Yeah. The new generation. <laughs> no, but you did something oh, really my cool. God. You know, what I like to call the re-sweep. <laughs> and uh, Marigali, you know, ends up kind of getting you to sweep, but you set up the underhook for the, the Lucas Lake yeah. half guard. No, after. right you there. Yeah. yeah, like right there. I could try to come up, but I knew if I come up, it would be an advantage. And I fight in that position. Like, you don't want to give advantage because in the end, it can cost you the fight. So I rather was like similar against Pena. He, he got me the sweep. So you don't know what the referee going to give you an advantage or not. So I rather let the guy get the two points and I have opportunity to sweep back than just like giving advantage to my opponent you know what i mean so after he got the sweep and i hit my my hip on the mat so i knew like okay so he might get the advantage so i rather have him come up and i sweep him and keep the fight again keep the fight going you know what i mean that's how i that's how i see and people don't think like that, that the big guys don't have don't know how to play guard but you know <laughs> i'm playing guard since my old days so when people sweep, it's not done. I still have the... Right there, Lucas Leach style. Little coyote. Yeah, and that's the thing. That I think that's where I won the fight because I sweep him. See how much strength he's using right now. So I that was part of the strategy. It's not just about passing the guard, but it's about making your opponent like... It's about taking all the, his energy, you know? So, so I got in a good position. Of course, he got me a good one. But after when I got the pass, I made him work. I made him push. So he had to like spend a lot of energy. In the end of the fight, that all the energy that he spent, because we're fighting for 10 minutes, right, Bear? Yay! 10 we're minutes. Gonna, we're going to be tired ever. by the end. So in the end, I knew he would be like weaker because he had to uh, spend like so much power pushing me. So I knew he wouldn't be so strong as the beginning of the fight. Yeah, you see, you, uh, it's like you're setting up your grips just as he's coming up. And I guess at that point you said that you didn't even know if they were going to get points or advantage, but you're in perfect position. No, I, I, no, I knew as soon as, as soon as I hit my hip on the mat, I knew I wouldn't come in up. So I yeah, because okay. he, he was going to give up. an advantage. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, like, no matter what, I'm not coming up. So he came up to start to pass. Then I underhooked him and did the Lucas Leitch yeah. and, and got the he sweep. That's you know something I mean? you so, see Lucas do a, a lot. Like whenever Lucas gets swept, he basically always lands right in that position. He goes right to the coyote. Yeah, right exactly. Now. Because yeah, yeah it's sometimes sometimes it's not like about fighting and like trying to like avoid the sweep. Sometimes if the guy got the sweep, you know when he got. You're not gonna get lucky and just kick your leg out. The guy not just gonna let go the grip and end up on your back. That what happened. Most of the the mistakes are like that. You know when you the guy got you, when you know your opponent got you. So you just had to accept and accept, but with playing a good guard, you know, end up in a good position. I rather play like just like I did. Then imagine if I try to run out of the bounds and he jump on my back with one hook in, it would change the fight. What do we got next? So it's, 
Yeah, so it's a continuation of that match, and you did a really nice counter to the sweep. You were just saying, and sometimes you don't know if you can, you know, kind of uh, defend the sweep here, but you did an amazing job here. I just wanted to hear, you know, at what point, you know, what were you doing to kind of defend? You know, he tried to get the leg up on his shoulder to come on top, and then you basically, boom, hipped out, and then you ended up taking his back. Like, that to me was just beautiful to see. Um, just talk us through that a little bit. Like, how much of that was something that you hit in training? Oh, that's a guard, oh, that's a guard pass, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. That's, uh, that's, no, that wasn't a back take. Yeah, because I, 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 I knew at the point of the fight, I, I was with, I, I was like winning, so nobody was exposing too much so i knew sooner or later we would have to expose so when i saw a good i made i i tried to pass a couple times and that's when he tried to stand up too and end up grabbing like a guillotine and that's when i spin to his back and end up on the side control yeah after i got the side control and the five points was like comfortable to try like because was the end of the fight so but like I got the pass and I got the sweep, so five Ooh. points in a fight, it's something hard to go after. You know what I mean? I remember I was sitting right there. You're pointing at Leandro at the end, right? Isn't that who you were pointing at? Yeah, yeah. That was like. Did you did you feel did you feel sort of here huh? because like uh, Nicholas had just beat your uh, friend Pergisa in the match before? Was this sort of like revenge for Pergisa in a way as well? Uh, no, not really, but I was watching the fight of him, Brigis, and of course, Brigis is my friend, so I was cheering for Brigis to win, but Brigis made a bad bad choices on the fight and ended up losing, but he he learned that lesson for sure, but it, it happens, you know, so for sure, I want to watch again the fighting, and I think we'll be different, Brigis are going to get the win. And, but it, it's jiu-jitsu, it is what it is. Sometimes you've made a bad choice, and a bad mistake, and you got to pay the price. And that was happened. But for sure, I was, I was with Pregis on that one. And it is what it is. Or, or, did, you, then I had, or did you feel that way? Or did you feel that way, Bouchesha, because the media uh, saying he, he's pro probably who's number one? Oh, we just we, did, did we lose Bear? Say again, say again. Sorry about that. I got cut off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're trying to cut off my feed. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. They, who, who was, was, some, they, was they cut you? They cut that, you, boss? Was some, of that energy, was some of that energy coming from the media and the outlets in, you know, this is the pound-for-pound pound best athlete in the world. You know, he's probably better than Bouchesh at this time. Nobody said that about Nicholas back then. Nobody was saying that about They're only saying that about him now. They're only saying that about him now. That, you know, he's, he's going to be able to take out the pound-for-pound pound King Bouchesh. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's got what it takes. It was a little bit of that energy because of, like, kind of like, not even so much the media, just everybody kind of like talking, you know, so everybody. I think, I think Barry's yeah, the guy yeah. that's doing the trash talk here today. He's becoming the, you know, the, 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 he's trying to I raise think, shit here. Come on, son. Come on, Barry. Chill out. I think, I think that's why, <laughs> I think that's why, uh, they made the, the, the number. That's why they made up the number. Who's the number one? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, be honest. Like I, like I said, People don't know what's pressure. Don't know it's what's about pressure. You'll be in the words in the open weight final. 
it's about pressure. And, you know, if you've never been there, you, you can say that you know what's about pressure. Like, because you fought, like, a couple of tournaments, like, pressure, it's to be in that spot. A lot of people think that winning, it's winning a world championship is easy. Winning a, uh, a open weight is easy. It's not. But if you think about what's easy, always is the easiest one is the first. Because you have the pressure, you have the target on your back now, and then everybody's coming after you. So I'm walking around with a big target in my back for 10 years, so I know what's pressure. Something that happens before the fight, something's happening in the internet, that that's not pressure for me. That's not going to get in my head, you know what I mean? So the media, they're talking, that's something that I don't even like, thinking about when I'm fighting. I'm a fighter, so oh, I you fight, have, I don't uh, talk. Bushesha, oh, Bushesha, you have one world championship or two world championships? Oh, that's cute. That's cute. That's cute. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I got a couple, you know what I mean? So I know what I'm doing. So it's... I just go there, respect each other. I'm a fighter, so that's what I do. And I'm... I'm, I'm uh, besides a fighter, I'm a martial artist. So... I read the Bushido code, so I know what it is to be a martial artist. So it's not just go there and talk. You got to go there, fight, and really earn and show what is a black belt is about and what martial is about. And that's what I do. That's what I try to show to everyone, to the new generation. I try to be an example. So if I have a kid, I do. I know how I want my kid to have like an example, a good example, not a bad example. So I always try to do uh, Try to be a good example when, when I'm doing everything what I do on and off the mats. You don't need to be a good guy on the mat and to be like a like a dick outside of the mat. So you gotta be like an example on and off. That's how I see. That's how I see about the sport. Ricardo, do you have more clips lined up there? Looks like we got Ali next. Oh, yeah, we're, we're right into it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, you guys fought a couple times before this. Uh, I think this is the first time you guys fought Nogi. And uh, this is a bit of a different match, you know, but you end up getting them with a similar sweep. Just wanted to hear your, you know, your feedback on this and the setup that you did. And, you know, uh, you know, especially during that match in 2019. No, actually, that was the second, that's, that was the second fight, the second time that we fought. The first one was 2017, the ADCC. Eight. We okay. fought for third place. Uh, and, man, the strategy before the fight, Leo doesn't like when I pull guard. So I said, Leo, going to pull guard? He said, no, keep the fight standing. I said, okay. But I don't want to, like, spend too much energy. No, no, keep standing. You, you can't take him down. Okay. As soon as he touched my neck, I never felt like somebody so strong. So I said, oh, my God. That's not gonna happen. I'm not gonna be pushing each other for 10 minutes against him because he's like so strong right now. And that's why I decided to pull guard. That wasn't my intention. He made me pull guard, by the way. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I I was trying to stop him because Mohammed, I, I tried to get like a good position, but he's too explosive, so it's hard to control him. So that was like a way to secure his leg. And when he tried to switch stance, it's something that I played my whole life, half guard. So it was like one ver variation of like the Coyote half guard, Lucas Leite half guard. And that's, I see myself in his position, like, because like Lucas got my back so many times like that. So I, I had to learn the hard way. So that's why I play so 
so confident they have guard and I'm used to and he did a, like a not a mistake but when I saw he's like trying to switch sides I I could kind of read before what he was trying to do and that's how I end up getting the hook behind his leg and could push him away from my away from me and I could stand up and up on his back you talk about uh are we gonna okay we'll, we'll go to the next clip there that was great I didn't I didn't know some of those details obviously uh, that was awesome to see this is the last clip that I wanted to show one of my favorite finishes world's finals against evangelista um, you, you ended up shooting the double here boom uh, you disconnect and you go for your folding pass redirecting yeah. the leg you know I, I've had the displeasure of feeling you just demoing the folding pass and I thought my guts were going to explode you know so I know that's something that's uh, one of your go-to techniques uh, talk about you know maybe a little bit about your history with evangelista and how things were different in this match and how you ended up getting to that finish Man, uh, me and Ricardo, Ricardo is a great guy, one of my friends too, uh, respect this guy a lot and I remember the the only surgery that I had, uh, I had fighting against him because I got twisted, my knee got twisted in one of his best positions by, of course by accident, but because of that fight I had to stay away of the mats for pretty much one year and since 2015, Five years later, I never fought him, so it was like a really emotional fight for me because, of course, uh, if you get hurt with somebody, you're always scared to fight that person again. doesn't matter if you say no, but when you fight again, you're always concerned. And I was really concerned about that fight because, man, if of course, he's like, if he close guard on me, I would be really scared to get hurt again. So it was like really a lot of pressure behind, not just because it was like the world's final, but there was this in my head too. Uh, of course, I, I, I didn't want to win, but I didn't want to get hurt. And I knew Ricardo was with his knee really bad too. And he couldn't like fight 100% because he had an injury in the open weight. So you see, he was like a really like warrior because he fought all the way through the final and even with a lot of pain on his knee. And before the fight, I was talking to Leo. Leo told me, like, avoid, try to double leg, because if I were him, I would accept the double leg to close guard on you. That would be his best chance. So if you watch the fight right now, I always shoot for double leg, and when he closes, you see how fast they stand up to avoid his best weapon, that would be the close guard. So that's why I was always fighting for single and in and out, in and out, because that's how I got hurt, that's how was in the close guard trying to open the close guard so that was my mindset so that's why i got so many points because i was shooting getting the points but i couldn't get the pass or the mount or the back and i was backing up a little bit so that was my strategy that's why i i never had like the only moment that i really had a good secure position was this moment that i could get his back but before that he was fighting really bad he was fighting really good i mean and i remember one point of the fight the beginning uh, my plan was to get the takedown and to drain all his energy like I was talking in the fight before to end up on the funny pass and making him push me, making him spend energy. But when he was trying to do that, I ended up going straight to the mount. So, man, in one minute of the fight, if you look at the clock, it's like 90-0. 
you don't you're not gonna like look for points you have just one shot it's gonna be the submission that i knew he would try to something like that so that was when he lifted me and landed on the the footlock so i remember he popped my foot but was final you know what i mean like I couldn't tap for a footlock. I would rather like let break my foot, but so he had my foot really good. So I glad it was like the last fight, so I didn't have to fight again. And I ended up getting this position later on the fight, and like you said, finish on the folding pass, but passing fast, and end up managed to get the back and get the submission, and secured my 13 world title. Great stuff all around, man. It's been really insightful watching you break down your, your techniques, Mishesha. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. Oh, anytime, guys. Uh, anybody else got any yeah. more questions for Buchecha before we get out of here? Hey, I know a good question that's, uh, that like probably there's please, some insight please. on that me and Buchecha talk about it sometimes. But uh, I think Buchecha can give a good perspective on like, and it's just a general question, but Buchecha, how do you think social media has like helped and also hurt like the newer generation of athletes now of course like they get recognized a lot faster through social media through media channels through sponsors through friends to gain more popularity faster but how do you think that's helped them and hurt them in like just training and like training long term because you're probably like one of the last people of that like last generation where you're kind of in between social media and the beginning of it but then also came from a a, a time where like you had to kind of like, trust the process and kind of train as hard as you could for X amount of time without getting instant gratification of someone liking your photo from posting that you trained or, you know, you would, how do you think that's helped and hurt the new generation athletes coming up of, of the, the top guys per se? I think like, uh, like I Stan Lee said, right. Uh, uh, big powers, bring, uh, bring big responsibilities right so responsibilities right mm -hmm. and yeah. that's how i see that's how i see about myself nowadays i never thought that would be like a example i never thought that people would look up to me but eventually that was happened like i see i get like a lot of message positive message from newer generation and i see how that what i do impact in people's lives and that's why I, I'll always try to be a great example. So that's why you got to be like a good example as a athlete, as a fighter. And I think the media has the same as has the same importance as the fighters. So whenever like a fighter give like a bad position or, or, or put, put their self, themselves in a bad position, it's up to the media to create a villain or a idol. So, it's a martial arts, and jiu-jitsu is about that. Like I said, it's the, Budo, uh, the Bushido code and big values and the real values of the sport. So I think the medium, of course, was like bringing jiu-jitsu to a wrong direction, to the trash talking and to the UFC style. But that's not the sport. That's not what we fought for the whole, the whole, the whole life. That's not what I fought for. I never gonna talk trash talk before a fight to sell a fight because that's not gonna even change my purse or anything. 
people do that for likes nowadays so i think that's a shame and talking like change who you are create a character to get more likes or get more followers so the media has the power so it just depends on them how they're going to use that so i think now they they really using i think people realize that jiu-jitsu is not about about the trash talking about the the bad part of the sport we are not mma we are not ufc to make that so we are martial artists and now we are really everybody's treating like each other as one so that's how i see so if you have the power you have to lose the power for the right thing that's how i see otherwise the newer generation gonna a lot of times they can get their wrong examples like what's what's right and what's wrong and along the way we can lose the self so we can lose it so what's gonna be right and what's gonna be wrong so that's who's gonna say that is gonna be the medium with more access of, of everyone so the fighters should do their part and the media should do their part and i think everybody will be perfect i got one last question sears if you want to go in no no i was going to wrap it up what's your last question and then, then we got to go after this because we're running out of time last question last one Bushesh. what do you think the future of the sport is and do you think it's like going to change a lot with, I think we're at like a time where, you know, if you use an example, Jay-Z, when he was rapping, he, after a while, he created Tidal and his own label. And he kind of like, the, the record company could only do so much in that time. Just like, you know, IBJJF is a federation. They can only do so much work. And they've done a lot of great work in, for a period of time, you know, and same thing with media and everything else. Like everyone's doing a great job, but do you think the sport is going to start to change kind of like how, Jay-Z created his own label and he created title and LeBron James creates his own media company Supreme is selling bricks you know whatever the like yeah. do you think the sport as a culture from athletes the sport is going to start shifting to become like a lot different with this new generation or do you think it's kind of going to stay the same you know yeah no of course uh, of course if nobody do anything uh, we we're probably going to keep doing the same thing. We're probably going to be like over and over. But I think we got a point with the media, with the, uh, with all the media that Jiu-Jitsu can connect. You see nowadays everyone is doing Jiu-Jitsu. Everyone knows what's the sport. So I think that's now is the time that we, we need to reach the next level. So I think it's about the time. How are we going to do that? I don't know yet. But I think we're right there. I think everybody fights for their whole life. Everybody wants to to have like this sport even bigger bigger than what it is today so i think we are in the right path right path everyone so i i, I get I, I think i feeling that it's changing for better so of course we all need to do our part and of course i'm fighting for that too because if the sports grows everybody grows and everybody goes to grows together so i think that's the idea is going to be good for me, it's going to be good for you, it's going to be good for for flow, it's going to be good for everyone. So we need to make the sport go into the next level. So that's what I'm fighting for right now. So I don't want to be stuck in the same uh, thing over and over along the years because I'm doing that for 10 years, fighting, training, fighting, training, fighting, training. So I think we reach a point that, of course, a lot of people are going to still doing that, but people who has the powers need to do something to bring the sport to the next level so that's what i'm focused for focus on now at that point of my career i'm not retired yet but that's my that's my my 
my mindset. That's how I see the next next steps for the sport right now. Great stuff, Bushesha. Thanks for calling in, man. We had a great time having you on the show. Really enjoyed your analysis, and uh, I agree. We're looking forward to building the sport together with the athletes to do new things. Bear, thanks for calling in, Ricardo. Thank you boys. as well. We see, we'll see you guys tomorrow on another episode of Who's Number One? Uh, Andre Galvao. Andre Galvao. It's at two uh, fifteen Eastern, I believe. So we got Andre Galvao. I mean, big two days for us. We got Bucetcha calling in one day, Andre Galvao the next. That's two pretty big guys. Pretty crazy. But Everyone at home, stay every safe. Day, stay who's number one yeah. yeah we have coming up a yeah. bit we have the next seven days we have shows we have andre galvao we have lachlan giles these next two days and the next week we have who do we have we have homilo we have be a mosquito craig jones kyle Terra, and lucas lepre next week so we got a lot of big shows coming up all right guys nice thanks again stop. for calling in and we'll see you all in the next episode of who's number one